0: It's a place where we'll learn about each other and ourselves, dive into important issues that affect us, discover all that we have in common, and make some memories. So pour yourself a glass of red and get comfortable. Every night is ladies night, and we are with Before we get into today's episode, I want to talk about something exciting that by now many of you have heard because I've opened this up to all of you. As many of you know, besides from my own business experience, I have an MBA in marketing and in addition to Carmela Cosmetics, where over 300,000 women have enjoyed our products over the past three years, my other passion is as a breakthrough business and image consultant. What I do is I work from a holistic perspective with female entrepreneurs and help guide you to up-level your marketing and business through different strategies, including actualizing your ideal self-image, which is so important in this day and age of social media marketing and personal branding, and we delve into your personality type to discover strategies that align with you and lead to increased visibility and profits for your business. It's so exciting for me when I see my clients experiencing breakthroughs and clarity, and this is what my passion for business and marketing is really all about. I want you to attract the right clients or customers you've always dreamed of with strategies that actually align with you. And you're not just implementing these strategies because you've been told to or you see others doing them. Marketing is constantly evolving and I want you to feel comfortable with the processes that you're using and realize that one size does not fit all, which is why I utilize your personality type when we plan your strategies. I'm a huge fan of the Enneagram personality system and I see how much it's helped myself and my clients. So this is one of the techniques that I utilize to help you on the road to success. As I mentioned, we also talk about your image and personal branding, and I help you become more visible and show prospective clients the value you'll be giving them with your product or service and therefore gain the success and profits you've been hoping for. You can message me on Instagram or email me at nechami at carmelacosmetics.com for a free 20-minute strategy session. That's N-E-C-H-A-M-I and Carmella Cosmetics with Carmella with a K to see if you're a good fit for my program. I would love to speak with you. Now let's move on to today's podcast episode. Tonight's interview is with Malky Gordon-Hirsch, who experienced a tremendous and shocking tragedy when she lost her husband suddenly while he was at work one day. Malki chose to make meaning out of this tragedy and utilizes her experience to inspire and help others. During this interview, Malki shares her story and her journey of working through the shock, pain, and range of emotions that encompass this tragic event. She spoke about the importance and power we have of choosing our reactions to situations. How even though we might not have the power to determine what happens to us, we can still choose how we deal with the circumstances we're given. Malki also offers advice of how to be there for your friends and family when they've suffered through loss, as well as the importance of feeling your feelings and how she's thankful that she experienced and worked through her emotions, even with the depth of pain they brought. Malki shares how this experience helped her become the woman she is today and how she's found her uniqueness and become a better person because of what life has thrown her way. I am so excited for you to hear this episode, it was so raw, real. And I know you're gonna leave feeling tremendously inspired just as I was after speaking with Monkey.
1: I think people are different in their home life, in their social life. Um, overall, as a child, I was painfully shy, but also had this element of um, outspokenness and I was outgoing. So, I think it really just depended, like um, what environment you put me in. In school, I was quieter, didn't wanna rock the boat. I I, I did my work, tried to get by without drawing any attention to myself. Um, I always had a small group of friends. It was never very, um, I was never the life of the party. I never wanted to be that person. Um, I never had a bat mitzvah. I was always very painfully like uh, self-conscious and I, I didn't wanna draw attention which actually is funny uh, considering what I do today, (laughs) but I'm still very much the same person. It's I'm still very much the same person as I was then. I just have evolved into a personality that maybe has um, a lot of different elements to it. But I think that's really what happens as you, as you grow into the person that you're meant to become, you know,
0: for sure. I totally agree. I wonder if, if you always had that, I'm sure you always had that part of you, but you just didn't express
1: it. Of course. Yeah. I was just, I think people are very, um, they're very, um, insecure with, uh, saying, um, the wrong thing or what they perceive as being the wrong thing, or maybe not the thing that other people would say. And I think that in my, as I get older, I realize that that's what sets me apart. And that's what, People like, you know, not that it matters what people like. It's what I like. It's what I think is funny and cool and um, different. We want to be different. Why do we all want to be the same?
0: For sure, for sure. Yeah. Do how would you say that you you know evolved into that? Was it organic or did you consciously work on it?
1: Definitely organic. Um, I think that the things that happened in my life, um, I guess, just place me into this current situation that I'm in that made me the person that I am becoming and I don't obviously I don't as from people we don't believe in randomness or coincidence this is all plans this is all supposed to happen the way it's supposed to happen you do make choices in your life but um I believe that yeah like this is it wasn't, organ- it wasn't, Um, it wasn't something that like I really worked on, you know, right. I didn't think to myself as a young girl, like I'm this way and that way. And I really love to be this way. You know, it just was like, I am who I am. And I've always sort of been very much like, let's just see how it goes. Like, I've, I've never been a type A, I've never been a planner. I was always very like chill about the whole thing of like, let's see where life takes us. Let's see what today brings, you know, which has really helped. So in terms of like getting, getting one place organically, I would say everything in my life, in my life has been in an organic way. Like I, everything that I do just sort of like happens and I'm happy with like the way things come about, even, even the, even the hard things, even like the tough, unfortunate, sad things, you know?
0: Right. Yeah. Um, Let's talk about the trajectory of you know of your life and like how you mm-hmm. got to where you are today. So let's start okay. with when you got married and
1: what what were you okay. doing? Vlogging wasn't okay. <laughs> no, no, it wasn't. It wasn't. Um, and it's so funny how like I ended up doing something similar to. It's it's really it's a family, it's a family occupation at large. Like my family is very involved in media, so it's sort of funny that we're all in that, you know, I, I guess DNA is pretty, pretty crazy like that, you know, (laughs) Um, but as, okay, as a, as a, I went after seminary, I came back from Israel and I had no plan. I had no plan. I had no idea what I wanted to do. My mother is planting ideas in my head and I'm like, you know, I just love makeup, which is funny. I, I love makeup and I love artistry and I've always painted and I always drew my mother's an artist and it made sense that, that I would uh, go in that direction. So naturally I started studying psychology <laughs> well, because, you know, would it, wouldn't that be a natural segue? Not really. Um, but I was just trying to do everything like the way everybody else did it. You know, like I wanted to sort of like, like we said before, I wanted to squelch that, that individuality. I wanted to just be like, let me just do whatever else is doing. I don't want to like, uh, you know I'll, I'll just be everybody else and do what everybody else is doing and I'll get engaged and you know do something that's like you know easy part time I don't know right. so I not it, it worked nothing like the way I planned which again was okay because it took me to places that I never could have gone if I went the usual predictable route Um, I started working for a makeup artist in the city. Her name is Alana Harkavi, and she has a company called Il Maquillage. And um, when I wasn't in class, I was working for her. Uh, She had a showroom on East 60th Street, Upper East Side in the city. Um, And I loved it because I'd just be painting all day. Either I'd be modeling for people for their masterclass, or I would be cleaning up brushes. It didn't matter what I was doing. I was around the makeup, and I loved it. Um, and then um, after that, I I just like started looking in like different um, directories, artist directories, photography directories to see if I can get an internship um, in, in some capacity in like a photography showroom or like something with hair and makeup. And I ended up interning for an artist agency uh, in the city. Uh, and I, I went to maybe two or three of them where then I finally got a job in a place called I Group, and I was there for years. I headed their hair and makeup division. So I was an agent for um, celebrity hair and makeup artists. And um, I would basically take care of their their schedules and uh, option their their work. So their week would be filled with uh, different, different jobs. That's a cool job. Yeah. Yeah. It was a cool job. I, um, was always on photo shoots. I, I, it was, it was the best of both worlds because I loved the people. I loved the work that the people that I took on onto my roster did. I believed in them, which is what you need. Um, and I also, I was a people person. So like over the phone, that's where I really like shone, you know, cause I wasn't meeting everybody in person, um, for bigger jobs, like bigger campaigns, we would like do dinner and stuff like that. But, um, I was this pitcher 22 year old you know, that went to Pay Zachov and the only from girl, you know, working in this industry. Right. Um, and um, at home, at night, I'd come home and I'd be like in my house, like in the five towns, you know? So I had this like very larger than life job in the city. I met celebrities. I would like be on, on shoots and stuff. And then I'd go home. And it was a really perfect balance for me because like, it just also taught me that like, Whatever you think that you can't do, that you're not capable of, like there are no limitations. You can do whatever you want. Right? You really you're you are capable of doing whatever you want as long as you say to yourself, "I can't do it." As long as you don't say to yourself, "I can't do it." If you say, "I can't do it," then like that's you're putting that already out into the universe, and you know where do you go from there? But if you think that like anything's a possibility, if you work hard, what 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 can't you do? So true. Yeah. So I did that. And then um, I met my husband and, you know, the whole office was like, oh, this is a good one. This is a keeper, like definitely go for this one. (laughs) And I was already like 24, 25. So, you know, it wasn't like I was, you know, considering, you know, the Orthodox community that we grew up in. It was like a little bit like, oh, like, I wonder if Melky's ever going to get married. (laughs) So, so so at that point though, at that point with like the, the boost that it gave my confidence to like do what I was doing and not do what everybody else was doing. I, I felt so good about myself that like something shifted and like, I felt like, how could you benefit my life instead of me trying to like, you know mold myself into somebody else's life, you know? that's yeah. that's what, like, yeah, and that was a major I remember the feeling, that shift in my life where I felt like I'm really cool. So let me see if, you know, I think you're cool, so we want to hang out. like if if I don't, then I'm just gonna like move on, you know. Um, <laughs> and that creates something within you, like this confidence within you that like people are drawn to. They want to be Absolutely. with you, you yeah, know for sure. so so then we got married, and then I couldn't maintain, you know, that schedule. It was a very long day every day. Um, I got my real estate license and I started having babies. And then I started just, I guess, tooling around in the kitchen because I never really did that at my mother's house started cooking and, uh, started taking pictures. And then I would be out in the grocery stores, um, in my local neighborhood and people would stop me and say like, what's for dinner tonight? And I'd be like, Oh my God, you, you watch my, you like, you watch it. Like you watch my, my Facebook post. And, um, it just started like really snowballing. And um, I started challenging myself and thinking like, okay, people are not gonna wanna watch me every night if I grill chicken. Like that's not exactly like a big, you know, to do. Let me try to make this or that. Let me try baking. Let me try doing things that like are out of the box. Let me try taking pictures even though I'm not a photographer. Let me try doing different things. And I started doing different things and people started taking notice. And then that's really where my brand began. Um, and at that point I already had four or five children I'd have every two years I was on a schedule, (laughs) a tight schedule. (laughs) Um, and so, you know, my, my outlet really just brought me into the kitchen because I felt like, you know, what does one do when you have, you know, kids every couple of years and you're just busy, you know? So I had my real estate license to fall back on, and then I was doing my food blogging. Wait, first of all, do do you miss like that energy of the city and doing that? <laughs> um, I do. it. I miss the energy a lot. And I've actually been approached a few times by different people that I knew back then. But um, these, these people, their lives, even though they've gotten married and they've had a kid or two, it hasn't changed as drastically as mine's changed because, um, you know, either they're still based there or they have one kid and that's not exactly like that. Much. Well, listen, I think everybody has their own thing going on and maybe for you know one kid for somebody is like five kids for me but um I do miss it I miss that that feeling of being such an individual and like also good at something that like people don't even like know exists like I loved that like when people would ask me well, what do you do I'd be like oh yes, let me tell you <laughs> you know, Sorry. and they, they'd be like, oh, I didn't even know it was a job. I'm like, I know it's a job, it's a job, you know, I can feed for it, it's amazing. So I do miss it, I miss that energy, I miss, um, but I also, I, I still have that in a different capacity. I, I still do have it. I deal with people every day, I meet new people every day, I work with food, which has become a love of mine. I, I, I just, I, I do, I have a very full, satisfying, fun, different life.
0: Right. Right. It, it makes total sense. I mean, it, it's different for sure, but yeah, I mean, it's, there are a lot of similarities between the two.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's nice because I've incorporated my, my Orthodox lifestyle and my children into the mix without compromising one or the other, you know, it's nice. Right. That's cool. Yeah. That's very cool. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So let's segue into, you know, the, the main topic at hand. Mm-hmm. Um, so a couple of years ago, some, a tragedy happened to you. So let's, yeah. let's, let's discuss that and like get into okay. that. How you made me. Right. Yeah.
1: So, okay, great. So um, a couple of years ago in March, on March 27th, it was like a week after Perm. I went to the grocery store to get some items for dinner. And the previous two nights, I had not seen my husband because he had been out, which was very rare. He was never out like for more than like, you know, he had a meeting or a simcha, like two nights in a row was like never, we never had that. He never went on business trips. It was just like a a regular business. It was in Brooklyn. We lived in the five towns and he'd come home at night and it was very, very usual, very ordinary. Um, I was in the grocery store and they had just turned over for Pesach. And I remember being so annoyed that I had to look for everything in different places. And I get a phone call and I look at my phone and I see that it's my husband's business partner. And in in the 15 years that I had known this guy, hey, he has never called my phone. But I didn't even think about that for a second. I just answered the phone because I was like, I don't know, I, the possibilities started like flooding my mind. Like maybe his phone is broken. Maybe this. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. And I answered the phone and it was a member of Hutsala that informed me that somebody that fits my husband's description was found in his office unconscious and they were working on him. Um, at first I thought, no, no, you're mistaken. I mean, <laughs> he left He left in the morning. Um, he drove on the Bell Parkway. He was totally fine. Um, I think you're mistaken. I don't think it's him. And they, I guess, maybe because maybe I was like, my response was, listen, maybe my response wasn't very different than anybody else's response would be, you know, it just seemed like completely out of, well, how would this happen a few hours right. later? How? With no health issues, with no medical, nothing. How? So I said, where, where are you? I'm coming to meet you. And he said, I want to send a bus to you. And I said, no, 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 no. Because I knew that meant something worse than I accepted it to be at that point no I said I'm gonna come to Brooklyn and I I don't know why I did this I I tend to be on the side of neurotic and I said is he still alive and he said he paused and he said for now and I ran into my car I called my mother-in-law on the way and she picked me up and we drove and it was the longest trip to Brooklyn I've ever had there was no traffic but I remember thinking to myself, like, every time the phone would ring, I thought to myself, they're calling to tell me that he's, there, he's stable, and they're going to the hospital. There was no phone call that came in. It was the principal of my son's school asking for the, the name, for it to him. It was this, it was that. Um, but then at, at the time, when we were already approaching Brooklyn, they asked us to meet us meet them at um, my sister-in-law's house and I I knew I, I knew that wasn't good but I wasn't willing to like it let my mind go there yet so I just I, I sort of just like stayed very calm and you always think to yourself like I'm sure people go there in their minds like how, how would it be god forbid if like the worst case scenario happened, right if somebody that you love a uh, love one of yours a parent a sibling whatever if you get a phone call in the middle of the day completely unexpected Will you start screaming? Will you crash yourself? Will you go on? Will you kick and scream? Will you, what will you do? And for me, it was like the absolute opposite. It was like calm, calm. So we go to my sister-in-law's house and they sit us down and my mother-in-law's cousin sits down in front of me and she said, the thing we thought might be a possibility has happened and I hear screaming and I just get up and I go to the other room and I start making phone calls. I start making phone calls. I start making phone calls to my babysitter to let her know I wouldn't be there for Rosie. when she got off, I started making phone calls and make sure my son's whereabouts because they're at school. I start getting messages from people. They already hear, I think to myself, how'd you hear? How do you know? But apparently when this happens to a 40 year old in the middle of the day, suddenly without any indication that anything is then it's big news and it travels very fast. So I leave the door, I leave the the house, my sister-in-law's house, and um my mother-in-law's cousin, her husband, is outside. He was one of eight boys, and his mother was pregnant with her eighth son when her when his father suddenly died one day no plan no 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 illness nothing and i i looked at him and he said i hope you remember this me and my brothers are all family men and we're healthy we're emotionally healthy we're husbands and fathers we're grandfathers we were all close to our mother we all grew up and we're all happy this doesn't mean it's the end it doesn't mean it it just It's going to be okay right now. I know that you're not going to accept it. but I'm letting you know that if you look at me and look at my relationship I have with my family and how, how tight we are, how close we are, how we attend every simchat, every occasion for every brother. And this did not change us and it did not make us bitter. It's possible. It's all possible. You can still have a happy, beautiful life. So... drove us back to the to the five towns and then all the the stuff you know that had to happen happens all the meetings all the plans for the next day for the leviah for the funeral and uh it was i mean I, i remember like little bits of it but like a large part of the week of shiva is like very blurry you know um yeah that was the beginning of the that was the beginning of my of my new life Wow. Wow. Okay. You know, at, at 38 with five children. So young. So young. Yeah.
0: Okay. There, there's so much to talk about here, but um, how did you manage to, I guess, like go on? Like, how were you able to, and plus you had five kids to take care of.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So So here's the thing that people don't realize. They think to themselves, you know, if this happened to me, I could never handle it because, like, how do you get up in the morning? How do you do it? So here's the thing when you have five children who have been scared, like they have been, by literally being pulled out of class one day and told that they'll never see their father again because he died suddenly at work, and you are the only parent left, I assure you, that I am not alone in my thoughts and my actions, that you would do anything in your power to make sure those children grow up happy and emotionally healthy and do everything to just make things as happy as they could be under the circumstances. And I just wasn't willing to, knowing that I was the one here now um, and the one that was going to be the sole caretaker emotionally in every other way I was not willing to compromise their their happiness for a few months of me wallowing away in my room in my bed it was just never going to happen and I'm a very stubborn person so I and you think to yourself I had you have the energy and I think to myself like I mean I did it I did it every day for them like for them every day and you know my mother-in-law lost her husband, my father-in-law six years ago. Um, all of the kids were out of the house. And so her, her, her period of like adjusting to this new life without children was looked very different because she had the, she had the luxury of, of doing things in a, in a different way. But like, for me, it was all about the kids, the kids, the kids, like, I, of course I would always Take care of myself. We all went into therapy. We all like did what we had to do. But like for me, the first priority was my kids and their 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 recovery, healing from this. and as as we like went to get as we like embarked together on this journey of healing, I realized that like the happier that they were, like kids are really resilient, even like with really tough things that they go through. They're incredible. Like, they're so strong. And, like, you think to yourself, how, did they, how do they do this? But, like, kids are kids and they just want to be happy and they want to, like, go outside and play ball when it's beautiful outside. And, like, yes, things that can be happening in their lives are still happening. But, like, they're also, like, I mean, I, there's a game happening outside. I want to go on the game, you know? Like, they're just, they're, they're just, they're simpler in their, in their logic and it's beautiful to observe. And so, in the beginning, when I would put my kids to sleep, And, and they'd sleep the whole night and they wouldn't wake up crying. It gave me such an enormous amount of strength for myself because I realized like, oh my God, if they can sleep an entire night and not wake up crying, missing their father, like that was, today was a good day. Today was a good day, a day where they feel like I've got this and I'm protecting them and they have exactly what they need. And they're not worried and they're not stressing out and they're not waking up at night because, like, they, it's good. It's good. So, like, different, like, there were like different milestones, you know? It's like, we got meals from our shul for, you know, a a year, you know, not every night, but every couple of nights just to give me a break, just to like make sure I can just like breathe and just sit on the couch and just do whatever I wanted to do. But then like when I took that on again and I was like, we're going to have dinners that you always wanted. And my kids come at the end of the day and they, they smell the dinner that they, they were used to having before this happened. And they realized that like, even though so much has to change, there's also so much that can remain the same. And you can still have the same amazing dinners that you always had because I'm here and I'm going to make it for you. And you're going to love it. You're going to feel so good afterwards. And you're going to feel like I'm being taken care of. Like my needs are being met and I'm happy it's gonna be okay. It could be the simplest thing. It could be meatballs and rice. I'm telling you, people, kids crave routine. They crave that that normalcy in their life that they always had. And when you reintroduce it back into their life, like for example, after Shiva, like not even after Shiva, it was it was a few days after he died. I said, guys, we're going back to school we're going back to school. And they were like, no, I was like, no, we're going back to school. We're going to wake up in the morning. You're going to make the bus. My kids made the bus the whole year, the whole year. My, it was like, it, it wasn't even, a, it wasn't even a question. Like it was never, I mean, there are, there are mothers and fathers that can't get their kids to make the bus under normal circumstances, right? You know, <laughs> <That was laughs> you know? like, like we did, we started doing everything the way it was before. And that I think really, it, it, it did so much emotionally for them. I'm sure. Yeah.
0: That's amazing that you did that because it could not have been easy for you.
1: It couldn't have been easy, but like I'm telling you right now, people ask me these questions like, how do you do what you do? How do you seem so happy? I'm like, it's not that I seem, I'm not acting. Like this is me. <sighs> I, I can't even do that for your benefit. Like I wish I could change my personality so you think that I'm this way or that, but I am. I am the way I am. There's, there's no, this is it. This is it. You know, Um, I, I, I did things by instinct. I, I thought to myself, like what they need is the stuff that, that kept them happy before what kept them happy before, you know, and it's me waking up with them in the morning and it's making sure they have breakfast and then like seeing them off to the bus. And then when they get home, I'm here and there's dinner on the table and there's, you know, help with their homework and then they play outside. And it's, it's those little normal, regular, everyday things that, that made us, it gave us the capability to get back to our life, even though it was a little bit new, it looked a little different as as quickly as it as it as it happened. So yeah. Wow. Not easy. Not easy, but like again, it's like it's doable. It's doable. Sure. Yeah. This sure. so, yeah,
0: is yeah, it is this the advice that you would give other people who are who are going through I some- do
1: it all the time. I do it all the time. Yeah. I get phone calls a lot. I've become this like <laughs> I don't know. I don't I never wanted to be this for people, but like, listen, like, this is, this is my observation. This is the way I've taken the, the scenario that was been handed to me. And then it's been said, like, basically like, you know, God was like, okay, here's your life. What are you going to do? And I was like, okay, well, this is what we're going to do now. I mean, it might not work for everybody, maybe some people will say like, I can't do that. I'm not strong enough. I can't this, but you know, like, for example, like there are things like already set up in my, in my family life already that like made this as maybe a little bit more, it was a little easier to transition into because, you know, he, he worked a lot during the week. I did not see him. So it wasn't like he was home in the middle of the day and I was like missing him in the middle of the day. Like I never saw him, you know? So then I would like sort of play like mind games with with myself, like in the beginning, where I'd be like, "Okay, at seven thirty, and he should be coming in the door right now, but he's just he's running a little late." You know, I would I would do this to myself, like just sort of like ease myself into like my new reality. And and I don't know, it it works for some people, and I don't know, it's just for me, I have to, you know, it was the things that it was like that. It was it was it was me um, just doing the things that I loved that made me realize that like I am still here and I'm still a person and if my kids see me happy because I'm keeping myself happy they'll be happy and that's it like that's what we did you know
0: for sure so we were just discussing the aftermath of of what happened getting back to quote-unquote normal life so yeah could you share a little bit about that
1: so, yeah. I mean, listen. In the beginning, everything that he was here for, it was like, it was literally painful to have to like go through Yom Tovim and Shabbatim and all those occasions, graduations and all those little things that like you know you always had a mother and a father there for, and then it's just like all of a sudden just me, and the idea that like I all of a sudden would not have a man at the table saying kiddish or or challah or or just I guess having that like special relationship he had with his sons I mean it was terrifying in the beginning it was it was painful it was painful like I remember being at the table and I would actually have to excuse myself because I couldn't I couldn't spend the entire meal without like breaking down at some point. It was, it was really difficult. It was really, it was really hard. Um, but as I said before, you practice this stuff, right? And every time's first time of anything is going to be the hardest, but you get through it because the minutes go by and the hours go by. And all of a sudden you realize, Oh my God, I did it. That Shabbos meal. It's done. We're never going to experience that again. There's always going to be, remember that first meal? Remember that first Shabbos? Oh God, that was painful. But guess what? We've had so many more. And every single Shabbos since then, and I swear this is a gift from my husband, it's a gift from God, has been beautiful. They're beautiful. And they're happy. There isn't a Shabbos that we sit at the table that anybody breaks down and cries. Never. That first one was pretty horrible. I won't lie it was, it was, it was pretty, pretty traumatic. You know, they couldn't stay at the table. They cried for their father. It was so, it was so sudden. It was so, it was so deep. It was so heavy. They're such young children. How did they, how do they justify this in their minds? How do they, how do they deal with this kind of pain for a little child? For an adult, it's difficult for a child. It's nearly impossible. How do you do that? And, um, I would do these things. and I would literally just grab at straws. I promise you, like, I I I don't even know where this would come from. I would go into my son's rooms at night and I'd be like, I know this is difficult right now. I know because I can't get through the day without crying several times a day. And I would tell them this, I cried so much today. You don't always see it, but it's happening, I promise you. It doesn't mean that we're not going to be okay. It just means that I'm, I feel the same way you feel. So sad. I miss him so much. But also, there are things that are still great. And I need you to tell me right now, three things that happened today that made today great. Three things that you're thankful for. They could be anything. New sneakers. It could be that recess was outside and you had a great time. You, had, you played a great game. It could be anything. I need you to think of three things. You can write them down or you could tell them to me. And then I want you to think about them before you go to sleep. And that's what we did. Wow. That's what we did. And uh, and the Shabbat became easier. And like the reality set in and like it became more familiar. And our life today, two years later, you know, I I had a, I had a friend of mine who lost his wife very suddenly and you basically maintain, you, you, you have this, you establish an entire new group of friends after something like this happens because you're so, you're so, you're so wanting to like be a part of something that like people are familiar with, that people have gone through and, and they could be your, your light. They could be your light. And I'm now some other people's light, you know, and I take it on with, with such joy and optimism for them. And I tell them, you think that it's going to be a certain way. And I'm going to tell you right now, you're going to surprise yourself because in a year from now, you're going to look back and be like, I cannot believe that I have days where I'm so happy. It's all possible. It's all possible. So, um, my friend came into my house a few, a few months after this happened, I had some friends over, they were like having coffee and he walked in and he said to me, he's like, sometimes you go into a house and you feel a vibe, you feel an energy, you feel sadness, you feel happy, you feel it. He's like, the house is so positive. I feel it when I walk in, I want to be here. You would never have known what happened here five months ago. You never would have known. Oh my God, his statement. It, and I don't even think he realizes like what it did for me. It it, it, it it gave me that push to like, be like, okay, okay. We're not gonna be that like, oh, that house that nobody wants to go in anymore. Cause like, we don't know what we're gonna see when we go inside. Everybody wants to be here. The same as they did before. All of my, all of my son's friends come over and they play. There's always games happening here. Shabbos is always happening here. My Shabbos table is always full of company here. I'm refusing to limit myself because of what happened. I'm still here. And I'm the same person. I'm better. So people want to be here more. They want to be around me more. Now that's the worst thing that happened through this whole thing. Then I'll take it, you know?
0: <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's a major kudos to you for
1: making for creating that environment and energy in your house. It's again, it's it's creating it. It's creating it. You have that power. You have that power. If you if you if you decide after this happens that you refuse to see po- people, you don't want to see people, you don't want them coming over to help you. You don't want them talking to you or having them listen to you. You don't want then that is also possible. And the possibility is going to look very, very different. The outcome is going to be very different than my, my dynamic today, my household today.
0: Mm-hmm. You choose. Did you have anyone help you like come in?
1: Yes. Oh my God. I mean, yes, I had so many things in my life fall into like a place. And I thought to myself, had this happened? But then, like, why were you thinking that? Well, I'm even asking that question. Of course it happened because God was like, okay. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to serve you some, some major, major stuff right now, but I'm also going to help you. And you're going to see, you're going to see within this whole thing that, that there is good stuff that happens and bad stuff that happens. And they're both, they're both the way they're supposed to be. They're, they're both meant to be the good and the bad. I recognize it both, you know? There are gifts and even the bad stuff that happens in my life. Tremendous gifts, tremendous gifts that happens in my life from, from this tragedy. It's amazing. It's incredible that I can even say that and like be okay with saying that and having people hear it. It's so true. It's so true. I mean, um, yeah, I had somebody that moved in. Um, She was here for a year and a half. She was like, she was like my nanny, but she became a part of our family. She comes with her husband today. She met her husband four months after she moved in here. And it was almost like this was her mission. Like this was her, this was her, this was her top kid. Like at that point in her life, she had to be here. And, and because she was here, I'm not saying, I mean, this is how it happens in her life. She was set up with her husband four months after she moved in here. And it's a guy that had been mentioned to her for probably seven years prior to that on and off. And the timing just worked and they started dating and she gave me nine months of dating him. And then an additional four months of engagement. And it gave me the ability to ease my life from out of needing, needing, needing to like having like, it's like a, it's like a, you know, when a, when a baby is born, when a, you know, I see a little animal being born and like, They're like on their legs and they're unsteady. And then all of a sudden they start walking. It's like, I was given a gift of having somebody here to care for my kids when I just needed to like, excuse myself to my room and just like take a breather, go out at night, just like ease myself into from being a couple into being a single parent. And by the time she left, I remember myself, I think, I remember I was like thinking to myself, like when it first happened that first week that she got married, I was like, like is everything. going I like, is, is it going to all hit the fan? Is it going to all just like <laughs> completely explode? And, and it didn't, it didn't, it was just like, it, like, we just, we just continue where she left off and it's been five months, you know, and and she comes back for Sebastian and we love having her. And then she leaves, and and it's all still good. It's good.
0: Wow. Yeah. Right. I
1: okay. So I
0: didn't realize you meant that. I, I didn't realize that Alana like moved in. That she was the one who was helping. It. Yes. Okay. Yes. yes. Yeah.
1: I love her mother. She was my lifesaver. Yeah. Sharon's amazing. Sharon. I mean, and 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 also Alana lost her father when she was four. Right. And. It's like life was replaying itself, except now, instead of being the child, she was being a caretaker and she could tell, she knew what my kids were going
0: through. Right. Cause it was very, sim- it was, it was very, it was sudden. Yeah. I remember. I mean, I don't remember. Very sudden. I wasn't alive, but, yeah.
1: yeah, it was very sudden, but it's a very unique thing that like, I have these people that have popped up into my life, you know, that like have dealt with this stuff that my kids are dealing with. And they were like, we know, like, I know. I know what this is, I know what this looks like, I know what this feels like. They're gonna be fine. Look at me. I'm good.
0: Wow. Yeah. It's really amazing how things happen and fall into place.
1: Yeah. And it's it's such a gift to like to be able to see a full picture. You know, somebody, my friend described it such a way in a great way. She said that, you know, when you do a needlepoint. If you turn over the needle point, you see threads and it's a mess. And you're just like, what am I looking at? What am I looking at over here? But then you turn it over and you see the picture and you're like, oh my God, this is perfect. This is beautiful. This is what it's yeah. supposed to look like.
0: Right. That's, that's such a great analogy. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Were you able to take care of yourself in terms of
1: giving yourself self-care? Oh my god, a tremendous amount. Tremendous amount. It is so important. Oh my gosh! First of all, therapy right away, like immediately. Um, in the beginning, when I was in therapy, I, I basically cried the whole time. I don't know if I even said any words. Um, but you know, as as the as the weeks and the months progressed, we'd start sort of like unknotting this huge ball of confusion that was now my life and it was like it was an incredible experience and it still is I still go even though she always says to me she's like Malky you can really miss a week miss a week and I'm like no I don't I don't want to (laughs) let's tackle other life issues now let's talk about let's talk my dating life (laughs) (laughs) okay okay you know (laughs) Um, But self-care in terms of therapy, in terms of meeting with friends, in terms of, I go to acupuncture, I write, I write journaling is such, I don't know if people understand how cathartic journaling is after a loss. It, it, it will change, it will change your life, like in terms of like when grief enters your life unexpectedly and you have to deal with this new emotion where you're just like what is this why can't I get up get get out at midday you know it writing writing this these feelings down it 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 just sort of like it gives you the capability of like recognizing like what your feelings are on paper and then like you are freed from the chains of like sadness that and, and confusion that you're just like, not sure. Like you're not, when it's swimming around in your mind, like you keep on, like when you write it down and you're able to read it back, it's, it's extremely powerful.
0: For sure. Yeah. Journaling in general is so helpful for anything. Yeah.
1: And that's when I started writing and I didn't write before, you know, I I come from a family of writers, but never really did it. And then it, it sort of evolved into like a, a regular article. Um, that I write for in the five towns Jewish times.
0: Oh, nice. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. What, What are the topics that you write about?
1: I write about grief. Oh, I write about grief. I write about my family, my whole, my family life, like what happens and, you know, and it's evolving every week. Like now I'm sort of transitioning into like, I don't want to be this. I don't want to speak about the same thing all the time. I want to speak about like my kids growing up and like, I want to write about me. I want to write about the people that I meet and like the positive, because like when you, when you put yourself out there in a, in a, in a positive manner, in a, in a beautiful light where you show like the best part of yourself, people, there are certain people that are like attracted to that and they're drawn to that. And you're going to just be attracting a different caliber of, of people in your life. And when you're sad and you can't get yourself together and you just can't understand like, why, why am I even here? Why am I even here? What am I doing here? You're going to again, like if, if you even attract anybody, <laughs> you know, it's not going to be the people you want to be around, you know? So yeah.
0: Yeah. It's like different vibrational levels, you know?
1: Absolutely. A hundred percent. Yeah. It's, it, it's, it's actually a thing. People don't yeah. realize how, how powerful, like, yes, you know, we're people, we're limited. We're not God. I, I couldn't have ever, I could never have predicted this would be my life ever, ever. Um, but you have a lot of choices that you're not aware of. Right. Mm-hmm. And this is like one of my mantras. I say this over and over again. I have said, it's probably in every podcast I've I've done. And I've done quite a few. Um, I read a book the summer that he died. So it was, it was, he died in March. I, I read it. It was, a, it, it definitely isn't a beach read, don't, don't take it to the beach, but, um, <laughs> but it's, but it's a book that is very short, very small, but extremely full of, of meaning. And it could change everything in your life. If you, if you like let it in, if you let it in, um, there are two books, actually man search for meeting Victor Frankl, which is like, it's, it's, about, do you, have you heard of it? Yeah. Yeah okay, fine. So that what was, you know, his whole, his whole book is about how the only thing that we have control of is our reaction to things. Things happen to us in our life that we're not happy with. Our life happens the way it's mapped out to happen. We don't know what that is, right? But you are met with a choice. The only thing that you get to choose is is your reaction, right? So somebody could have been like, but but Malki, like your husband died, you were left with five children. They were young. You're a single parent. You have everything on your head now. You have no idea how to pay bills. You have no idea what's, what ends up, you know? But I'm still going to choose to be happy because this life is short. And I see now how there isn't any, there isn't a given, right? We don't have any guarantees. So every day that I'm here, I'm going to be so thankful and so happy despite the way people think I should be. It doesn't matter if I wake up and I'm able to wake up and I'm able to use my legs and walk around and do the errands and grocery shop and greet my kids when they come home and and have them go to sleep at the end of the day and they're happy and they're full and they're satisfied and they're excelling in school, all this stuff, I'm choosing I'm choosing to to be a certain way in my life, and that's happy. I don't have to be upset. I don't have to be sad. And that's inspiring. It really is. It really it's is inspiring to me too. <laughs> it's inspiring to others, but it's also for me. I, I practice this every day, every day.
0: Right, because we all have choices, and and letting the circumstances of our life dictate our reactions and the way that we live our lives. Like if, if you let it do, if you would have let like this tragedy, you know, dictate the way that you reacted. Imagine, like it
1: little... imagine, imagine what it'd be like. It'd be terrible. Iraq. Yeah, Terrible. But like, here's the thing. We have so much more power than we realize. You tap into that power and you make it a reality. Make it a reality. Who's stopping you? The only person stopping you is yourself. That's it. God's like, here, I'm giving you two choices. i giving you more than two choices, but you can be happy. You can be sad. You could be in, you could be out. What do you want it to be? What do you, what, what do you want to do? And I was like, I, I want to be in. I want to be in. I need to be in. I need to be present. I, I need to show my kids that life sometimes isn't fair. Sometimes it's really, really difficult. You don't give up. You don't give up. You don't give up. It benefits nobody. That's it. You just keep going. And I'm sure your kids appreciate it. I don't know if they even see it, but it's okay. I don't even know if they realize like what this could look like, but that's fine.
0: One day they That's will okay. one day they're Maybe. gonna look
1: back. Hopefully, yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope so. Yeah. It's it's hard work. It's not easy. It's not easy to do. Of course. But it's extremely rewarding. It's extremely rewarding. And it it's put me into such a a such a point in my life where I never I never the things I used to stress about in my life, I mean hilarious, like comical silly stupid like why even waste? why am I even wasting like a moment of time thinking about this stuff and and now it's just like all this stuff like my when I wake up in the morning and it's a beautiful day I'm like it's going to be an amazing day today (laughs) I'm so happy (laughs) the sun is out I get to take a walk like like little teeny things but they're major because you're alive. Sure. Right.
0: Right. It's crazy how we change the way we think when things happen to us.
1: Yeah, for sure. People do crazy things when they're either met with illness or they see something like a firsthand tragedy. They start to like, they start to like sort of like measure in weigh way like their, their life. They start looking at things differently. They're like, wait, what on earth was I doing before? Like, I was so petty. I was so silly. Like, I would worry about silly things that didn't really deserve worry. And then you just sort of like, all that stuff, all that fluff, it just goes out the window and you're just like, let's just focus on like the really important things here. Everything else is like, fine. Let's not even think about it, you know? We don't have to worry about that, you know? And it just like, it, it improves your life tremendously. It really does.
0: For sure, yeah, sure it does in general, like the levels like the happiness vibrational level is high is up here, let's say, right. And then the low vibrational level is like grief
1: and sadness, yeah, yeah, that makes sense yeah i i I wrote about an article just about about us being energy. People don't even realize like what like what we have, like what we're capable of, like the power that we have over you know, changing attitudes changing everything you know we have a lot because because sad things happen to people that does not mean they have to be sad right it does not mean that and because people have everything it doesn't mean they're happy so figure it out it's not you know like think about that for a second you have everything shouldn't you be satisfied and just like no you know no People that have very little strive for more. People that have a lot don't even realize like what they have. You know, it's just like you just I start, I don't know, you just start thinking about all this stuff. You start like seeing, observing people differently after this kind of thing happens, you know? Right. It's like I had it's like my grandfather when he had cataract surgery. Um, after his surgery, he opened his eyes and he was like, Oh my God. Like he he didn't see before. He didn't see everything was cloudy. It's the same thing. Like I see everything clearly now.
0: Wow. Yeah. And how did, how did other people, by the way, like react to this situation? Did, did, did he feel like people looked at you uncomfortably? Cause I feel like this happens a lot.
1: Oh my God. It was, it was, it was honestly, it was, it was really painful to be out. I would, I literally would start hiring people to cut my kids hair in their house because I didn't want to, I didn't want to meet people in public. And it was, un, it was unavoidable, you know, <laughs> I've been living in this neighborhood for 30 years I'm, I'm, you know, everybody knows who I am. I know everybody, it's like one of those things, but every time I would go into a room and people would see me, they would cock their head to the side and like squint their eyes and like have this little like expression on their face. And I was like, please don't do that to me. Please don't do that. I feel, I feel bad enough. Like, don't, right. don't look at me like that. Don't look at me like that. You know? Yeah. I didn't even realize what they're doing, you know? For sure. <laughs> so, um, but, but you know what? Like things, the life keeps on happening for everybody around us, including yourself. So don't think for a second that, you know, your world stops because something in it is, you know, huge and you think it's going to stop it. It doesn't stop for a second, but um, yeah. Life happens and COVID happens, and things started happening, and all of a sudden, like you know, in the matter of a couple of months, it was like, Oh, remember that? And now, you know, there's a lot more that's gone on since that happened. And at this point, I've worked on myself so much that I don't think people look at me like, Oh, they look at me like, Oh, look at what she's done. That is impressive. Look, look at that. So that's great. I'll take
0: it. I'll take it. Yeah. We also like, just like talk about for a minute that no one, this is a really important thing that no one wants to be looked at as like, oh, poor her. You know what I mean? Nobody, like, you want- nobody, No, <laughs> nobody
1: wants that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, I don't know. Like I, my parents would get it too. My parents would go places too. And they'd get the same expression from people. And I'd be like, guys, like, stop it. You know, everybody, listen, everybody has everybody has something sometimes more than one thing you know don't for a second think that like if my thing is aired out in public and everybody knows what happened because it's like one of those things that like you know just because yours is secret and it's hidden from the world doesn't mean that it doesn't doesn't exist okay right but I'm I am not the kind of person that would just like go over to somebody like that and like mama I'm really sorry You know, like I'm not doing that, you know. I'm gonna be like, okay, this is what we're gonna do. A, B, C. Okay. I will tell you what I've done to feel better than I should, and we're gonna we're gonna get started, you know, whatever. Um, yeah, nobody wants to feel that way. Nobody wants to feel that way. Because it 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 then like instills this like insecurity in their mind, like maybe I shouldn't be going out (laughs) right right. you know I would walk down the street in the beginning and like people would be like hi it's so nice to see you out I was like um I have to grocery shop for my children (laughs) you know like I'm still here I'm still here you know
0: yeah yeah it's so fun I mean it's not funny but um it's interesting and this is on a totally different level because yeah not tragedy but like even like with dating like being single in the mm-hmm. in this world but people think like that you shouldn't be smiling or like you should be sad oh. at people's weddings and like
1: oh oh my god don't get me started on that like yeah yeah like we're people we we contribute tremendous amount of things to society We're you know smart capable Good normal nice well rounded grounded people okay, so yes, yes, relationships have not been easy. I'm still very fulfilled in my life right very yeah. and will continue to be
0: that's it right, yeah, totally um it's interesting if people kind of project their own insecurities that's what they do that's exactly
1: what they do Mm
0: -hmm. yeah do you have any advice that you could give to friends or family members of people who are going through I guess loss like what they should do to help their friends and how to be there for their friends um
1: yeah listen I think each person is different so for me in the beginning I didn't, I wasn't obviously as vocal. I was still sort of like processing a lot and it takes a while. It doesn't, it doesn't hit you all at once when, you know, something like this happens. It really, like your body completely goes into like, like it, it, it goes into like protective mode and it, and your everything sort of just like freezes. And, and I can't describe it, but like it takes time for like everything to just like thaw out. And for your mind and your body and everything to sort of like process what has happened, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in the beginning, I didn't want to leave my house because I didn't want to like get looks and get like whatever reactions from people. Um, I'd have friends that were brave enough and loving enough and just just like, just like all around great to like come to me, they'd come with lunch. They would either literally sit by me and just listen to me cry. I had a friend who would just bring me lunch and just like you know, she would say like she she had this expression. It was like mostly curses, so like I'm not going to repeat it here. But but she'd be like, she, it was like her basically, basically implying like I cannot believe this. Like I cannot believe. and Even like when you say, and I hate when people say this, there are no words. There are no words. Yes, there are some words. They should not be repeated over here on a podcast, but you can say those words to your, your friends and loved ones when no other words are going to suffice. You say those words because that packs a punch, you know? Right. Um, yeah, you know, like that's hilarious. That's it. It's true. It's true. Right. There's nothing like it. Um, you know, like I, I would get books sent to me in the beginning and I read a lot of those books and just, you know, like just, just to be there for somebody and be brave enough to like just treat them the way they always were. not like just just be the person to be the friend that they you always were to them. know that now more than ever, they need that stability from 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 you, you know that Absolutely. knowledge that that knowledge that like it doesn't matter what happened in your life, I am gonna still keep showing up. I will not be scared away from this. I know that you're the same person and you want to be treated the same as you always have been. You have the same gifts. You have the same contributions to the world. This is not going to change anything. I still love you. That's it. Right. And really mean it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Not, no, people are, people are freaked out by this stuff. They really are afraid. I I have lost friends from this because they don't know how to be around me anymore. And in the beginning, all I wanted to tell people was, I'm still here, I'm still the same. I'm the same person. It happened to me, but it's not gonna change me. It's not gonna, if anything, it's gonna make me better. Watch, it's gonna make me better.
0: Right. And it did. Wow. You're amazing, seriously. I mean, you're so inspiring. (laughs) <laughs> like this kind of conversation you. Just thinking like wow
1: wow like yeah yeah it's but like you said before it's about it's about the capable it's about the power and ability as humans we have given we have we have so many gifts that we are given that we don't even we're not even aware of we're not even aware of the power that we have to change our reality and that is a gift from god You don't take advantage of that. Like you don't take advantage of getting up in the morning when somebody that you know isn't able to. You wake up in the morning and you get yourself together and you go out. That's it. It's mind over matter. You know, I had a a bereavement counselor that came here, you know, after, right after he died. And she said to me, And this was like, by the way, this was the the jumpstart of like my whole thing. Like she said to me, you're going to be getting a lot of prescriptions, a lot of anti-anxiety medications, a lot of things that are going to make you able not to feel right now. I need you to promise me you're not taking anything. I need you to feel exactly the way you're supposed to be feeling. These are important feelings to go through right now. This is what you're supposed to be feeling right now. You're supposed to be feeling sadness and grief and and anxiety. These are feelings and they're not to be numbed with medication. Don't do it. I don't know why I listened to her. I was like, you know what? I think she's right. I have to feel all of it. It's going to suck. I'm going to hate it. It's going to feel uncomfortable. And I'm going to feel like, how am I going to get through this day? And then you do, you get through it. And then the next day you're like, I cannot believe I did it. I am capable of doing so much more than I ever thought. Without medication. Without hand-holding. Wow.
0: Right. It's true. It's true. Because there are two options and you you chose the one that's, that, that led to growth.
1: Yeah. Wow. True. I mean, it's it's such it's such a valuable tool, because we have so much available today. We have so many things to like. Make sure that like everything we coddle ourselves constantly. You know, everything has to happen at the speed of light because of the technology. Like nothing has to be hard anymore. Nothing is waiting anymore. Nothing. Every you know, medicate. You know, if you're feeling something in your butt, if you're not, if you're anxiety, no this is stuff. This is, this is human. This is is nature. This is the way we're supposed to feel, feel. What does it mean? You know, this is the stuff we're supposed to go through. It challenges us and it grows us. It stretches us to be so much better than we ever thought. Why would you take that away from yourself? Right. It's uncomfortable. (laughs) You know what? You know, um, there's a a girl um, on Peloton, which I haven't taken like months, but I should, um, Robin. And she always says, if it doesn't challenge you, it's not going to change you. It's true. It's the only thing that's going to change you in life is challenge, is discomfort. Not the easy stuff. It's not the easy stuff that makes you a better person. It's easy. It's simple. (laughs) <laughs> what does that teach you okay. <laughs> life is not easy it's true totally yeah wow don't you feel better about yourself when you are able to accomplish something that you thought I I didn't think I would get through that I didn't think I can I don't think I could, I didn't think that I was able to 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 do that to problem solve that to to graduate to to this to that and then you do it and you're just like oh my god Like, I am more impressive than I ever thought. And now it's done. You've done it. And now it's never going to be that first time you did it. You've done it. It's done. You could do it again.
0: So true. Right? Yeah. Wow. By the way, do you feel like the situation helps you become even more, like, I guess, unique? Yeah.
1: Definitely. Yeah. And also, and it's crazy to say this, but like, I, 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 I say this to like my therapist, I say it to my friends, um, this part of my life is the most defining part of my life. This is the reason that I was here hundred percent. Well, and I think to myself, like, why, why can't I just be like every other girl that, you know, got married and had a family and this and that. This part of my life and the way I've tackled this, this whole section, this whole partial where it should have been, it should have looked very different. This is, this is one of the defining moments of my life. That's going to set me apart from everybody else. For sure. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Wow. Okay.
1: Okay. So let me ask
0: you the question that I ask everyone, which is (laughs) what is something that you hope the next generation of women won't have to struggle with? Oh God.
1: I think there's this unfair expectation placed upon women in general, in our, in our Orthodox community. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a tremendous amount of expectation in general, even with the women that aren't, you know, we are expected to be, you know, presentable at all times and educated and polished and pretty and like look and feel and sound and be a certain way. And I feel like guys like get away with like, like not needing or like any of that stuff. They're just, they just like sort of, they're like, I'm here, I'm here, you know, (laughs) and women are trying to constantly prove themselves, you know, I hope that women in the future generations realize like, how awesome we are regardless of all that like we i don't know i've always like grown up and i've always been so in touch with my femininity and i love being a woman with all the with all the stuff that we get we don't love you know but like oh my gosh it's such i mean it's such a powerful thing to be and There shouldn't be any of that, like second guessing yourself or insecurity, just in the knowledge that you are just being a woman and, and juggling the things that we have to juggle daily. um, And even if it's imperfect and it doesn't look the way that you thought it should look, we are such impressive beings. And we're so, and I just, I want my daughter and other women out there to recognize that, that you know, there doesn't have to constantly be like proving yourself to everybody. Like we are, we are good just because like, we are women and it's yes. like, you know what I mean? Like I, 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 I love, I mean, I love being a woman. I love it. <laughs> I really I do. That. Yeah. same. Right? Yeah. Totally. Totally. <laughs> I love every part of it. I love, you know, like, and there's just so much we have so many gifts to like give over. Um, I guess just to like tell women to like tap into that potential and that power that they have, you know, we are tremendous multitaskers. We get so much done in a day. I mean, sometimes when I go through my day, I think to myself, oh my God, that was one day, (laughs) one day you know, could guys do that? No, no, <laughs> you know, right. Women, women have this like part of their brains. I'm sure men are born with, I don't know, you know, <laughs> the ability to get so much taken care of and still, you know, not break a sweat.
0: Right. It right. I love that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. uh, okay, so a Where can people find you if they want to learn more about you?
1: Oh my God. Uh, Literally everywhere. Um, (laughs) So I have an Instagram page called kiss the kosher cook. It's my, it's my cooking and baking blog. Um, That's my Instagram handle. I have a Facebook page as well. I also, um, I also uh, send out my articles every Wednesday night on my uh, Facebook profile, my page, which is Malki Gordon Hirsch. I'm in the five Towns Jewish times on the front cover Every Thursday, the paper is distributed in the five towns and surrounding areas, Queens and Brooklyn, even out of town. Um, and I think I covered it. Yeah, that's it. I agree. I'm going to put all that information in the show notes. Perfect. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, thank you so much for joining me today. My pleasure.
1: Yeah. It was so much fun. Thank you so much for having me.
0: That's all for tonight. Thanks so much for listening. Connect with us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Carmela Cosmetics. That's Carmela with a K. And on our website, carmelacosmetics.com. If there's a woman in your life whose story needs to be heard, send me a message to let me know who she is and why she means so much to you. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to know your thoughts. We want you to feel heard.